This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. From a natural standpoint, we can think really basic. Using coconut oil on the skin can be helpful. Using olive oil, they're basic, they're clean. Most people have them in their house. And for some people, those really, really help. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll hear about healthy digestion and the holidays. We'll discuss loneliness and living in the present moment. We'll learn how to heal your skin naturally. And lastly, we'll find out how to eat well in Toronto for under $100 a couple. But first, a little bit of business. Today's show is brought to you by Omega Alpha. Omega Alpha is 100% Canadian owned and has been GMP certified for manufacturing to pharmaceutical standards since its inception in 1992. It uses only all natural herbs, vitamins, and minerals in their formulations. The company is site licensed for manufacturing nutraceuticals by the Natural Health Products Directorate, a division of Health Canada. They have four company divisions, both a consumer line and professional line of human products, equine pet health products, and a custom manufacturing private label division. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit their website at omegaalphainc.com. Omega Alpha's products are created by their scientific team headed by their owner, operator, and CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Dr. Chang holds a PhD in physiology and biomedical engineering from the University of Toronto. He also has two years postdoctoral experience in clinical biochemistry, looking at free radicals and antioxidants. He's published over 20 peer-reviewed articles and conference proceedings. Holidays are approaching, Gordon. Welcome back. Thanks for having me again. And uh, we want to help people with their inevitable stress, lack of sleep, so they can maximize their enjoyment and time with their family without feeling craptacular. Are you up for the task? I think so. We endeavor to help. We do. So in what ways do you see people overindulging during the holidays? Well, I think for the holidays, you have several things happening. You have this, this stressful situation. So people are rushing like crazy, trying to, to make sure they buy gifts for everybody, mm-hmm. etc. So they're out of their normal routine that's one so then they they overindulge meaning they drink too much they eat too much too much candy too much chocolate right yep too much wine yeah so you have those those two things those are the two major things i can see right off the get-go without having to think too much i think we're now in the age of Beyond medical cannabis, we have recreational cannabis now. And whereas people used to raise the wine glass around the holiday table, my friends and I have been speculating that maybe families will be having recreational cannabis around their holiday tables too. And that can lead to overindulgence. (laughs) And it's possible. And the other thing I think people do is they overdo it with sports and recreation and they may not be ready for it yet. It's almost like an extreme version of weekend warriors where all of a sudden they haven't been doing anything, but they're off on a ski trip or they go skating or they go for a run or a cross country ski and they're not prepped yet. 
That is true. But what what you also find is the other end of the spectrum where it's holiday time. You've done your turkey. You've had your Christmas dinner. So what do you do for the next few days? You sit and you veg in front of the television. Yeah, true. And then you end up feeling like crap because you know what? You're not moving. You're not doing anything. Right. So, you know, both ends of the spectrum. Now, as far as recreational cannabis goes, I, I think that's a little bit iffy because I know in my house, you know, nobody smokes. Right. So to do that indoors, it is, you know, I can't see people sitting down there around the campfire lighting it up. If they're outdoors, maybe definitely, but not indoors. Well, I hear you, except now, as of October, there are edibles on the market. And I could see people overindulging, not understanding uh, how the edibles work because it's a slow release. It's not the same as smoking a joint. You know, you could take a little gummy or a little pill. And the thing is, it doesn't kick in for like 45 minutes or an hour. And if you're not used to it and nobody's there to consult with, you think, oh, this isn't worked. I'll try another one. And then before you know it, you can't get off the carpet. Yeah, for sure. Talk to the two policemen who got charged for for, uh, exactly. for, for dipping into the evidence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they, they couldn't drive. Okay, so let's, let's talk about what we can do to prepare for the overindulgences. So, like, if we're getting, we're forgetting out in front of it, what are some of the lifestyle choices we can make to help with the season? Well, one of the things I, I would try to say to people is mindfulness, relax, yeah. right? chill out. Now, sometimes one of the things I, I would say, try to get a good night's sleep, even if you're stressed out. Now, fortunately, there, there's some nice herbal things that you can take to help you get a good night's sleep. Okay. Right? There's a lot of herbal ingredients, things like hops also help you sleep. Valerian helps you sleep. Kava Kava helps you relax the mind, right? Mm-hmm. And last but not least, I mean, there's other ones, but one that we talked a little bit about is like the CBDs, right? Mm-hmm. Which is from, from your cannabis. All those things help you relax. And I think if you are relaxed and you get a good night's sleep, you can deal with stress a lot better. Now, the other types of herbs that people do to take the to affect the physical aspects of stress. So you take things like ginseng, erythrococcus, ashwagandha, right? Those are just some of the herbs that right off the get go help with stress. They adapt they're what we call adaptogens. Yes. Right? So the adaptogens are funny in that when you take these adaptogens, what they do, they'll give you more energy. So I don't recommend people using them late at night. But if you take them in the morning, right, it gives you energy for during the day. But what's also interesting with some of these adaptogens is that it helps you sleep better at night too. Hmm. So one of the so this is why some of these herbs are, are considered adaptogens because it helps you sleep better at night. So you wake up the next morning feeling a lot more refreshed, right? Mm-hmm. So you, and in that way you're fighting the effects of the stress. It's a good idea. I would add get on a start an exercise regimen. Exercise is also good. Nothing like a good sweat to, um, to, to help you get rid of some of the cortisol that you have built up. Right. right. Um, and, you know, like if you get a good sweat in, you get sort of the post-workout euphoria. So if you're stressing about things and, you know, I, I work out on evenings during the week if I'm having a pr- particularly rough day, uh, you know, an hour lifting weights, I'm not really thinking of anything other than focusing on the weights. And I find I'm in a totally different frame of mind. So if you can get into that kind of regimen, um, maybe you're better off heading into the holidays. You won't be as stressed yeah. out. Yeah. The only thing I say with, with that type of exercise, like an hour lifting weights, 
start off slow if you've not been doing it before. Do oh, yeah, yeah. Beca- do not become a weekend warrior because the problem with it, everything will hurt. Yeah, no, when <laughs> I say I, I, I'm exercising, I've been exercising at least four or five times a week for a decade. Right. So so my body can handle it. Yes, you do not want to start that kind of regimen right off the bat. you got to ease into it. Well, like what a- I say with people who are starting off an exercise regimen, you know, start off slow. Yep. Yeah, you're not going to run the marathon in one week. That, and that's a problem with a lot of people, I, I find, is that they want to go from zero to hero overnight. Yes. And the body can't handle zero to hero. Right? You've got, you got to slowly get into it. Right. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that, that, that I strongly suggest to people. Is, is there anything else you want to talk about, about preventative, before we get into sort of the, the post? Well, one of the things about, especially at this time of the year, too, a lot of people are coming down with colds and flus. Yes. And the reason they're coming down with colds and flus is also there's a lot more flu viruses floating around, but, yeah. and cold viruses. But the other thing is that because we're stressed, anytime you're stressed, your immune system takes a dive. So one of the things that you should be doing is to take something that will boost the immune system. So there are things like echinacea, which, again, everybody knows, right? Mm -hmm. So, again, but some of the adaptogenic herbs, like astragalus, also works to boost the immune system. Ginseng is also known to boost the immune system. So some, some of these herbs do double duty because it helps boost the immune system. Something as simple as vitamin D also helps boost the immune system. Now, especially as the days get um, shorter and the nights get longer, and everybody and it's cold, everybody's covered up. So again, your body's not making as as much vitamin D. So it's a good thing to do also on the side. Take some extra vitamin D. All right. Now, Health Canada recommends a thousand IU. Now. For most people, I, I would say a thousand IU is probably too little, hmm. right? But I mean, I have known people who take a lot more than a thousand IU. So, uh, you, if you take more than a thousand IU, it's not the end of the world. The safety margins on any of these vitamins are usually quite high, right? So, I, but I wouldn't suggest you take a hundred thousand IU every yeah. day for the next six six months. Right. If you take two thousand, five thousand IU, not a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Let's assume, let's let's pick an individual. Maybe his name is Jamie. Maybe maybe he's eaten too much over the holidays, a big dinner, a festivity. What can we do? Is there are there herbal remedies that can help with digestion? Well, one of the first things I would say to Jamie, Jamie, one of the things you want to do, you want to keep the weight off, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the tricks that I would suggest, take a fiber product. Okay. Take something that's fiber, because one of the things that fiber does, when you when you consume fiber, it it will bind to to water, and it increases the fullness, the feeling of fullness in your stomach. So if you take it before you hit the buffet, right? One of the things is that you will eat less because you will feel full, right? Now, after having said that, I if you're like me, you'll never take the fiber because the first thing in your mind is that you want to get your money's worth out of a buffet. Exactly, right? yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah. So, you'll probably overindulge anyway and you'll walk, when you finish eating, you'll sit down there and say, oh, why? Why did I ever do that? Yeah. Right? And you get that feeling of bloating, etc. But there's something people can take to help with that. What I usually do, I take digestive enzymes. Hmm. One of the things with digestive enzymes is that if you 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 gotta get something that has what I call a full meal blend, and by that I mean 
the enzymes have to have to work on all of the different food groups. Now, a lot of people will just take maybe say papaya enzymes, which are basically breaks down protein. But like most of us, we if you're at a buffet or at a Christmas dinner, you're eating a lot of carbs, you're eating a lot of protein, you're eating a lot of fat, and you probably start off with a salad, right? So that that's yep. the part that that you take to say, okay, I'm trying to be healthy there. When people are watching, you have yeah. the salad, right? That's but when right. You, when you when you're up when you're up with plate two or plate three, that's when the, that's when the cheesecake comes out. The cheesecake comes in plate four, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, so you got to get a, a, a digestive enzyme that has a protease, a lipase to break down the fat, an amylase to break down the, the carbs, and last but not least, a cellulase that's in there, and a sucrase or invertase. The cellulase is because a lot of times when you eat salad, cellulase breaks down, breaks down um, cellulose, which mm-hmm. is the major component of salads, right? Yes. However... We're not taking the cellulase because you're going to digest the cellulose. You're taking the cellulase because what you want to do, most plant cell walls are made up of cellulose. So what you want to do is to basically poke some holes in the plant cell walls. So it'll allow all the stuff that's inside the plant, plant cells to leach out. The stuff that's inside the plant cells are the stuff that's loaded with antioxidants, right? All of that stuff is inside the plants. And so you're getting much more of the phytonutrients. Than, than you would get without the, the cellulase. So you're maximizing the health value of the vegetables that you're eating. That is right. That's what you're trying to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. And the sucrase is because, you know what, whether you like it or not, there's sugar in everything, yep. hidden or otherwise, right? So that it helps break that down. But, the, you know, and the, and the things like the protease will break down the proteins, the lipase will bring the, break down the fat, right? mm-hmm. the amylase will, will break down the the um, carbohydrates, right? And the reason you'd want to take all of these things is because if you're feeling bloated, usually you're suffering from indigestion. You know, you, you ate so much, you just can't get enough, um, your body can't produce enough of digestive enzymes to help you. So it's a good thing to take it, the digestive enzymes. The only trick I would say to do, take it before your meal, yep. during your meal, or right after the meal. Because at, at at any time, the food and the enzymes have to catch up with each other, right? Because yep. if, you take, if you take digestive enzymes on an empty stomach, it makes no sense because there's nothing to digest, right? So that's why they have to, you should be taking them before, during, or right after, right after meals for them to be the most effective. Good advice. Now, let's assume, let's go back to Jamie again. Let's assume he not only has had too much to eat, he's had too much to drink, and he's got uh, all kinds of toxins in his bloodstream. What would you recommend to take to help getting rid of the toxins? There are many things that you can do. Like one of the first things I would say, you know, Jamie, Jamie right now, it depends on when Jamie wants to get rid of the toxins. Okay. And I'll say this. The toxins didn't get in overnight. They're not going to get out overnight either, right? But right. But let, let's talk about the, the overindulgence of the alcohol. Right. Well, one of the first things that we know that with alcohol is that your body absorbs it, but uh, if you have alcohol dehydrogenase, the body breaks it down, right? Um, that's how it gets rid of it, right? But a lot of the, the um, alcohol when it gets absorbed accentually, so, you know, you're a little bit woozy and tipsy. Now, one of the things that, that I have known, and I'm not going to advocate this because it just makes you drink more, one of one of the things that I know is that if you eat a, a high fat 
food, yep. what happens is that it inhibits the absorption of the alcohol. And if you inhibit the absorption of the alcohol, people can drink more. Right. right. But if that's your aim, to drink more without getting drunk, that's certainly one way to do it. Now, after Jamie has indulged, one of the things is the next morning he wakes up with a wicked hangover. Yep. Right? A lot of the time that hangover is because of, of dehydration. Right. So what I would suggest, before Jamie hits the sack, drink a couple of glasses of water. Yep. Right? And it'll make the next morning a lot more easy to handle. Right? Yep. Now, the other issues about detox uh, and so on, there are many paths. To, to detoxification, all right? And one of the things I, w- I would like to say is that we know that the, the alcohol is going to be broken down through the liver. So one of the things that we should definitely do is support the liver. And well, I, yeah, yeah, you know, and and, I, and that's a big topic, and I think there's a lot to cover there. Why don't we say that for the new year we're going to talk about all about detox and helping to clear out with the liver? What do you think about that? Definitely. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we're going to discuss how to appreciate the present moment on The Tonic. Jack Nathan Health offers Canadians convenient care with 74 multidisciplinary clinics located within Walmart stores. The largest ever Jack Nathan Health Medical Center is now open in Vaughan, Ontario at 8300 Highway 27. The new 8,300-square-foot clinic offers integrated services for the whole family, including family medicine, physiotherapy, and chiropractic, chronic pain management, massage, and a registered dietitian. There's also an on-site Dynacare blood laboratory, plus same-day referrals, walk-in appointments, and a new annual health assessment option. Jack Nathan Health is a one-stop shop for proactive health management. For more information, visit jacknathanhealth.com. Chronic stress has far-reaching negative effects on the mind and body. The Roziva brand of products offers natural and quick-acting solutions for health issues that might result from stress, including fatigue, low mood and anxiety, cognitive decline, digestive disturbances, and poor sex life. To receive a six-day sample for any of the Roziva products, send an email to solutions at nantonnutra.com, N-A-N-T-O-N-N-U-T-R-A.com. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. My next guest, Bob Douglas, grew up in Southern Ontario and graduated from McMaster University with an honors degree in psychology. After graduating, he worked for a major financial institution in management positions for over 38 years and is now retired since 2010. He's been married to his wife, Terry, for 50 years and has two children who both live in Vancouver Island in B.C., Bob's been attending the School of Practical Philosophy in Toronto for the past 18 years, where he's both a tutor and a student. Welcome to The Tonic. Thank you. So you reached out to me about coming on the show because of the school, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about the need for meditation and mindfulness and introspection in this day and age, and I couldn't agree with you more. And there's something that you identified in our back and forth that really sort of struck out to me, and that is... The society that we live in is really kind of dehumanizing and desensitizing. And I think there's a profound loneliness that people are suffering from. And I mean, I, do you share that opinion with me? I mean, that's my perspective. Do, yeah. you, do, you, do you feel that way? No, I agree. The world is busy, but it, I mean, it's always been busy. 
And I think what we're doing is we're going through life half asleep. Yeah. We're not really awake. And so, and we don't know ourselves. So when we don't know ourselves, it's difficult to communicate and relate to other people. So, yeah, it's, it's partly being asleep. It's partly being, being suffering from selfishness and from ego that uh, separates us. So we're not able to connect with people that are around us. I think we've reverted to tribalism. I mean, that, that, that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. We, we have the internet, which is a wonderful tool to communicate, but it's a horrible tool to connect. I mean, it's very easy to go online and find somebody who's going to agree with your perspective and point of view. And we can spend all day in that echo chamber, sort of listening to what we want to hear and saying what we think everybody else wants to hear. But we're not learning anything about ourselves. We're just reiterating and reverberating what we already think we know. And I think that's the dangerous part. And I think it creates a situation where people aren't connecting anymore in a real way, face-to-face. It's being replaced by this uh, virtual connection, which which isn't a connection at all. No. All you have to do is look around you at a coffee shop, uh, look around you in a doctor's waiting room. I was there recently, and, and the people there are all on their, on their devices. They're not talking to each other. They're not looking at anything except a smartphone. And I'm guilty of it, too, sometimes. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I resisted getting a smartphone for about a couple of years. They became popular some years ago, but I resisted for a couple of years for the very reason is I felt it was drawing people out of face-to-face connections. Mm-hmm. I have a poker group that I play with regularly, and it got to the point where people weren't even invested in the hand. If they had folded their hand, they quickly picked up their phone and oh. were either texting or looking at something completely different to the point where the game ground down to a halt because nobody was paying attention. And it was perfectly illustrative, I think, of the way people are, are interacting now. They're just they're checking out of what they're actually doing to prefer something that isn't real. Well, that's quite right. When we're on the internet, it's hard to know what is real and what's not real. Right. And and so when we can't make that distinction, we're um, you know, we're like we're lost, we're captured. We're totally totally captured by things that like fake news. I have my opinion which I've just espoused as to why I think people are lonely. Do, do you have any other thoughts on why people seem disconnected? Well, I think it's the fact that we're we don't know ourselves. And when we don't know ourselves, we can't relate to others. When you say you don't know yourself, what, what do you mean by that? We don't know who we really are. We have not looked inwards. We tend to try to get, we get what we think we need by looking outwards, and we rarely look inwards. So you mean gratification from others or? or? Well, we want gratification, yeah, we want other things from others. We want other people to like us. Yeah. But, well, I don't care so much about that. No, <laughs> but we, we don't know about ourselves. Okay. And, and we have we we don't know who we are. We don't know what our pur- we have. What is our purpose? What? Why am I here? Uh, those are the questions that we don't take enough time to try and and answer. Do you think we used to do that, or or did we ever do that? Well, maybe in ancient Greece they did it. They tried to do it, but they had um, a lot. Of, they had a lot of time on their hands. They yeah, were, they, they, they weren't commuting. I don't know. Maybe well, they, they killed Socrates because he was. Uh, they put him to death because he was he was asking too many of those questions. So I think we're afraid of it in some respects. I think so, too. So what do you think there is to gain by knowing yourself? Well, then you can relate to others. Then when you can appreciate the world around you. You, can, you, you're, you live a more fulfilled, satisfied, uh, satisfied life. Okay, so you mentioned in our interaction that you feel that things are happening so fast that we're all anxious, and we're anxious about 
the present and and, and the past mm-hmm. and, and the future, and we can't mm-hmm. we can't seem to get grounded. Why do you think that is? And 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 I guess the best question is how do we fix it? Well, first of all, most of our thoughts, which aren't real, by the way, so these thoughts are in our head, and the majority of them are either in the past, things we should have done, things we should not have done. Uh, or they're in the future. We're dreaming about the lottery we're going to win, even how we're going to spend the money. We're not in the present moment. And the only real place in this world is the present moment. It's right now. It's like with you and me. This right. Is, this is the present moment. Okay. And this is real. Right. But if I, if I start dreaming about, uh, you know, what I'm going to do on the way home and, and figuring out that uh, is it going to be road rage on the, on the highway, uh, I, I'm, I'm lost. I have, to, I have to maintain the present moment in order to live a true, a true and realistic life. How did you come to this realization? Well, I think through the school. Okay, so um, let's, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what is the school that you're referring to? Well, it's the School of Practical Philosophy. It's been around in, in England. It's been around for since the 1930s. We've been here in Toronto since 1976. Okay. We're at Bloor and Spadina. Mm-hmm. We offer a course, uh, for example, uh, it's called Philosophy Works. It's a 10-week course. And it covers all of those things like uh, who am I, the self within, how awake am I, the present moment. Uh, we're looking at justice. What is a just life, according to Socrates? When we're under the, the spell or we're under the control of tyrants, like fear and anger, we can't live. We, we just can't live. Not, not satisfactorily, anyway. And the school is now, um, we offer three terms. It's a 10-week class. Uh, the fall term has just ended, and we'll be starting up again in January. And when you say a term and, and, and classes, how does it work? Would I go once a week? Or? Yeah, you go once a week. We offer classes on Saturday mornings from 10 to 12, and Thursday evenings from 7 to 9. Is it a lecture format or a round table? Like, it's, how does it work? Uh, yeah, it's a, um, it's a Socratic method where there's a tutor sitting at the front and we sit around in a semicircle and there's interaction. So some material is given out, uh, it's discussed, and then it's, uh, it's practiced during the week. And then the next week we go over how the practice went. So it's practical philosophy. Okay. Is there homework? No, there's no homework. There's no okay. exams. That's the, that's the best kind yeah. of school I could think of. It's, it's not a cult. It's not a religion. It's a practical philosophy. It's awesome. And the very first class, you'll mm-hmm. get a, a sort of a, a practice on how to, how to use your senses to get rid of the thoughts that are in your head and to be in the present moment. So it's tools. You're teaching people tools in order tools. To, to cope and, and to sort of be more introspective yeah. and live in the moment. Right. We have an open house. Mm-hmm. When's that? January the 11th at 9.30 at 29 Madison. We're right at the intersection of Spadina and Bloor. Is that in the morning or in the, in the it's evening? In the, it's in the morning, 9.30 in the morning, yeah. I presume that's a weekend day then. It's a, it's a Saturday. Okay. January the 11th. Okay. Uh, look at our website. Uh, look at the, uh, we have some information on the website. You can call us. You can email us. And um, I, would, I, would re- I would certainly recommend it. We've had many, many students go through the school, and it has benefited many of them. How long have you been with the school? 18 years. So how did you benefit from it? Wow. I, I think I, um, I slowed down. I was always in a hurry. Were you? I slowed down. I'm, I'm more in the moment. I, uh, I, I think I can make, have better relationships. It's been really uh, good for me. 
What is the cost of taking these classes? It's $100 for the, for the term. Okay. For 10 weeks. So that's $10 a night. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's cheaper than going and, to a and, movie. And, and you get a break and you get a tea or a coffee. I mean, it's... Uh, and you have... Uh, there's like-minded people who are seekers of wisdom. Do you have to have uh, a university education? Do you have to be an intellectual to, to, to take no. away the, the high points fr- from these classes? Uh, the only thing you have to have is an open mind. Okay. And everybody is welcome, whether you're a Zoomer. We certainly want Zoomers. Sure. I had a, a, a lady from Iran in my class. Um, she, she was in Iran when the Shah of Iran was there. She came over, and a tremendous story. And she's in our class, and she's in her 70s. Oh. And then we have people who are in their 20s and 30s. Generally, we don't get high school students, but... Well, they have enough classes on their hands. Yeah. That's totally understandable. Yeah. So we have time for one more question, mm-hmm. and I, I, I want you to sort of encapsulate, if, if somebody's considering that they want to do this, what's like if elevator pitch number one item that you would tell them is the benefit of doing this? Because we're all transactional mm-hmm. at heart. What is the real key takeaway point? What are they going to come away with? Well, I think if you're stressed by all of the thoughts that are in your head, you think that you can't, you can't get rid of all these thoughts that are running around, you're looking for a way of dealing with it, you want to slow down, you want to appreciate life more, I think that the School of Philosophy has a lot to offer. And one last time, what's the website they should connect with? www.schooloffilosophy.ca Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks very much, Jamie. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss healing your skin naturally on The Tonic. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their Liquid Greens Chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid Greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy. Enjoy the detox. Enjoy the great taste. Purely natural liquid greens. At Caregiver Services Limited, we specialize in 12 to 24-hour private care for seniors in private homes, hospitals, or facilities. We provide the highest level of customized service for families looking for a caregiver or personal support worker. To ensure the highest quality of care and support, we limit the number of clients we service. Whether you're looking for general live-in care or have more significant needs related to mobility issues, dementia, or palliative care, finding someone who's a great fit is most important. At Caregiver Services Limited, our highly experienced staff specialize in meeting the unique needs of 12 to 24-hour care. For more information, please visit caregiverservices.ca. Let our family help care for yours. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Dr. Emily Lipinski graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto and is a member of the Ontario Association of Naturopathic Doctors. While in the academic world, Emily became fascinated with the potential applications of naturopathic medicine in health and wellness. She strongly believes in addressing the root cause of a medical issue and using natural therapies either alone or in conjunction with conventional Western medicine. Welcome back to the show. How are you? 
I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. So we're heading into colder weather in the city, and you know that means、uh, we're going to get some dry skin. So we're going to、mm-hmm. discuss some natural treatments for dry skin and other skin ailments today, right? Yes, absolutely. So let's start at the very easiest in the beginning. Dry skin. What do we do? So you know, the first thing that most people think of is using something topically on the skin, like a skin cream, which can be helpful if your skin gets really dry. Something that is in medicine, we call it more of a barrier against wind or、uh, against clothes. So something that actually has a, a little bit of a waxy substance in it or an oil is probably better than just a really light. Uh, light moisturizing lotion. So, from a natural standpoint, we can think you know really basic. Using coconut oil on the skin can be helpful. Using olive oil, they're basic, they're clean. Most people have them in their house, and for some people, those really really help. Another one of the most moisturizing natural substances that can be done is using honey. Honey on the skin is extremely moisturizing. It's very sticky. Yes. There are some products on the market that are infused now with honey for its deep, deep moisturizing properties. But for example, if you really suffer from chapped lips, using a little bit of honey on your lips before you go to bed can really take care of chapped lips. And again, no added chemicals, very natural, and it also tastes good. Isn't there a bacterial buildup when you're using edibles, like edible products on your skin, though? Like if you if you left honey or or, or or oil on your skin, aren't you running the risk, like with body heat, that it's going to form more, more bacteria? Well, I always suggest you know not using, even though you have olive oil in the house. I suggest when you get a new bottle of olive oil, you use a clean some. You transfer it into another clean container and keep it in the bathroom, so you're not using the same oil that you're putting on your skin、right. and that you're using. To cook with, but we also have to remember that you, you know we've talked before on the program about the microbiome, about the beneficial bacteria that's in your gut, but we also have an extensive microbiome on our skin. And we know that some of the research now being more targeted on acne and how to help acne. Again, we've always thought from a medical standpoint that we needed to use antibacterial agents on acne lesions、right. to reduce the bacterial count, but. Now we're seeing that actually that for many people is not helpful, and using probiotics on acne, either orally or actually topically on the acne, might heal the acne quite more quickly and effectively in longer term. So the same thing with our skin. You know, even though for all the germaphobes out there, I'm going to you know this isn't great to think about, but we're constantly touching bacteria. Right. You know, we're not. Nothing is clean, and we're not designed to be in very, very clean environments. So, as long as you're making sure that you're not, you know, putting stuff all over your face that you've cooked with and put spatulas with, I generally consider it okay. So you're not concerned about that kind of bacteria. I, I guess we're designed to cope with some bacteria, and we'll just cope with it, right? Yes. Okay. I didn't. If you have, you have a good immune system, you know, if you're autoimmune, if you're immune compromised, but most, let's say, you know, when you think about it, like someone's skin cream that they buy at the drugstore, they're putting that on their face, but they're putting their fingers into it and putting it on their face every day, right? right? Yeah. True. Yeah. And when you stop and think about it, that that's absolutely true. So another skin condition that some people have, and and I actually had it in my youth. Once I made it into adulthood, it, it sort of abated.、Uh, is eczema, and I actually had two kinds. I had one that came about with exposure 
uh, to the sun, and that I had one that sort of came about with changes of temperature and seemed tied to my allergies. Yes. So, so is that how you like? Is that what you see with your patients with eczema? Yes, I had eczema myself as well. It's extremely common condition. Some people outgrow it. Some people, the immune system's constantly changing. So some people don't deal with it in their youth at all and deal with it once they hit their adulthood or even later into the years. And eczema, there is a big allergic component. Eczema is known as something called an atopic condition. So individuals with allergies or asthma are much more likely to have eczema. They all kind of fall into the same category because eczema is linked to the way your body responds. It's linked to an immune response called an IgE response, which causes histamine to be released in the body. So I had two different types of cream. For the one that was triggered by the sun, I had sort of like a tar-based cream that I had to put on, which yeah. smelled like tar. It was not fun. Yeah. And then there was a yeah. cortisone-based cream that I had to use for the one that was sort of exacerbated by changes of temperature and moisture and things like that. But those aren't natural. Right. You're saying that we can actually treat this naturally? Some people can treat it completely natural. Some people need a little bit of mix of both worlds. Okay. So eczema, we do, because there is that allergic component to eczema, we do have to look at the looking from the inside out. I mean, I didn't mention that so much with dry skin. Dry skin also, what we eat benefits the skin for dry skin, but definitely for eczema. So what I mean is that using, because you use corticosteroids on the eczema, corticosteroids have an anti-inflammatory effect. Right. But when we think of the diet and what we're putting into our bodies to help reduce inflammation, that's also going to make a big difference. So we know that things like fish oils and probiotics and having a diet that's low in certain inflammatory foods, such as high consumption of conventional uh, red meat and trans fats and fast food and so forth can make a huge impact on eczema. Hmm. There's some some people that have very severe forms of eczema, and by actually reducing foods that cause histamine release in a different way can can benefit eczema. So there is something called there's a few books written on this. They're called eczema diets or a diet specific for eczema. It's a very bland diet, but I have seen tremendous results in some people that have very severe forms of eczema. The, the kind of eczema diet typically does not allow for any coffee, no red meat, no refined foods, no sugar, no alcohol. I was going to say no tannins, uh, right? Because that 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 triggers that's histamine. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so no citrus fruits, some things like because of tannins and certain molecules in the skin of fruits, some fruits, let's say like pears and apples would be allowed, but you have to peel the skin. Wow. So for some people that are really suffering from eczema or that, you know, using corticosteroids, but don't want to use corticosteroids forever, because that also poses a huge problem, which some of the listeners may or may may not be aware of. Corticosteroids, they they thin the skin, they can reduce, they can change hormones in the body after using them long term. So they're best using for short period of time. But if someone's battled chronic eczema for, let's say, 10 years and is using corticosteroids on a daily basis, most of those people are looking for other answers. Yeah, I had to take the cortisone creams for a number of years, and there's no question, most of the eczema that I suffer from was on my legs. And the skin on my legs is much thinner uh, than the skin on the rest of my body simply because of the creams that I had to use. So I, I totally yeah. agree with that. Okay, so another skin condition 
that can occur, and I know this is rarer, but no less bothersome, and that's psoriasis. Yes, and that is actually becoming less rare than it was before because psoriasis is an autoimmune condition, and autoimmune conditions are on the rise uh, quite significantly, actually. So in psoriasis, again, we see psoriasis as plaque-like. It has a plaque-like look. It's often confused with eczema because it tends to come on the same areas, the elbows, the knees, the back of the knees, just like eczema does. But it does look a little bit different. It can be itchy. and But unlike eczema, eczema still has immune component. Psoriasis is essentially autoimmune. So the immune system is essentially attacking the skin. So psoriasis typically, like eczema, corticosteroid creams are used topically, but psoriasis is usually because it's an autoimmune condition, a lifelong condition. So people do really need to look at their diet and look at an anti-inflammatory, what they can do to help reduce the inflammation from a dietary standpoint, from a supplemental standpoint, and or from a mind-body standpoint. What do you mean by mind-body? How would would that work? So with uh, any autoimmune disease, we know that stress can be a major trigger for autoimmune conditions. And in fact, even with eczema, many of my patients report that stress is what predisposed from their especially in adulthood. If they suffer from eczema, they know if they're really stressed out, they're bound to start getting a little bit itchy or see eczema pop up. We know this is absolutely true for any autoimmune conditions, especially psoriasis, that I've had a patient say, my my skin is like a body thermometer or like my indicator. I know that I'm too stressed out when I see the psoriasis plaques come up on my body. So using things to help with stress from a mind-body perspective, like mindfulness meditation, like deep breathing, making sure you're working on your work-life balance can also very much benefit the immune system. And because of that, can also reduce the severity of the psoriasis. Well, that is uh, incredibly interesting and very helpful. Lots of food for thought. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Next month, we're going to talk about something new and exciting in health and wellness. But for now, we've got to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. Vital Directives is a center committed to helping people ignite their innate healing power and remove the barriers of fear that keep them in pain. Through changing their client's mindset and teaching them to connect with their body, The Vital Directive's step-by-step process helps them focus, feel safe, and get immediate relief. Their process involves removing the physical limitations induced by chronic pain while creating personalized, high-level self-care and preventative measures. They believe that significantly reducing chronic pain is just the first step. Through powerful physical exercises and mindset shifts, coupled with solid support system, they inspire people to transform from the inside out. For more information, visit their website at vitaldirectives.com. Hi, this is Jamie Busson. I'm not only the host of the Tonic Talk Show, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness magazine distributed with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in the most affluent neighborhoods in Toronto. It's also available free on racks at over 150 locations across the GTA. For more information about Tonic Magazine, visit tonictoronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic Talk Show, you'll love Tonic Magazine, and vice versa. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio.
Peter Marinucci was born and raised in Toronto's East End and came up in the restaurant industry the old-fashioned way through nepotism. His cousin, restaurateur Gio Rana, hired him as a 15-year-old dishwasher and busser and later gave him a shot as a waiter. Vito's job was as much to fight the prevailing whitewashed version of Italian food in Toronto as it was to get people to try the good stuff, and he did. Now, as co-owner with his famous mom of two locations of seven numbers and soon-to-be the third, one on Danforth, one on Eglinton West, and one out in Prince Edward County soon, Vito knows that the food his kitchens prepare not only preserve that culinary heritage, but innovate within it. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing really well. So originally, I conceived that this segment was going to be about eating well for a couple in Toronto for under $150. Right. But in discussing it with some of our friends, I've been taken to task as being elitist and snobby and and food-centric, and really we should be looking at $100 and under. Do you think we can do that today? Uh, We're going to try. All right. So it's eating well as a couple for under $100 in Toronto. Which should be an easily doable task. Should be. But but it's challenging. It's challenging because why? What are the problems with getting food for that cost? It's it's expensive in our industry, and, and, and with rents rising and food costs rising, and labor rising, then food has gotten more expensive. And then if you want to eat well, you're going to go somewhere reputable. And if somewhere reputable is obviously going to charge you a little more, which is why they're reputable. And all of a sudden you're in for over a hundred bucks. Like it's really fast. Yeah. yeah, you hit it, right? Restaurateurs are dealing with rent. They're dealing with the cost of protein going up. Yeah, protein's gone up. Now vegetarian is uh, au courant. Yes. So we're, they're actually, normally you would say, you know, skip the steak and have the chicken or skip the chicken and have the eggplant. But now eggplant's expensive because it's cool. It's in. They eat vegetarian. Right. Uh, and let's not even add the cheese and stuff like that. I mean, all of a sudden, it's, it's everything is, uh, it's like mono pricing. A steak is the same as uh, the eggplant. Right. It's, it's kind of, we're as close as we've ever been to those two things being the same. Which is kind of crazy, right? Cause it is, yeah. There used to be food stuffs that had different margins, right? There used yeah, to be- I mean, there's still, listen, there's still things that have different margins. I mean, there's always going to be pasta and rice, which, although they've crept up, it's not even close to, let's say, where vegetables or um, meat is. But that being said, we're as close as, we, as we've ever been because now the eggplants are artisanal. So are, are you saying then if one's going out for dinner and you're looking for a way to maybe lower the cost, we avoid You have proteins? to get very creative. Uh, I don't think you have to avoid anything. You just have to get creative. You have to eat a little less probably. Skip that appetizer, which is where we like to hit you. Um, <laughs> oh, inside secret. Yeah. You know, side orders, like thing, oh, the add-ons are always a bonus for us, right? So if you have a, in our case, you'll have a steak and you order a side of rapini or a cauliflower. Like most restaurants, the side orders margins are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, small portions, it's usually a vegetable, it's usually prepared simply. So... Yeah, I mean, of course, it's like going for Chinese food and saying the lobster is fifteen bucks. That's unbelievable. The rice is also twelve, right? right. They're just making it up on the rice. Uh, so, same thing. You have to get strategic and creative and and go in with a plan. Uh, it, can it be done? Sure. Alcohol is probably the biggest culprit. Yeah. For sure. Well, you know, you see a bottle that is X dollars in the LCBO and it's three times that in the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, we have to make money on it and then serve it and there's glassware to go with it and all the rest. But more than that, I mean, 
Another thing that's really hot right now is cocktails, and cocktails are all $15. They are in Toronto. Yeah, they are in Toronto. So would you recommend people bringing their own bottles? Like, can you call a restaurant ahead and say, you know, what's the corkage? Is is that a way to save money? That is, it can be if you're, you're, you know, used to drinking very nice wines all the time and you want to buy a $30 Chianti at the liquor store, then I think you'd save yourself probably 25% by just BYOW. A lot of us still have house wines or wines in an approachable range where that won't pay off. I mean, if it does, it'll pay off. Like in our restaurant, I think you'd probably save five bucks. Right. So is it worth schlepping a bottle for five bucks? And it would have to be a cheap bottle. Yeah. And then, then what's the point? What's right? the point? But if you've got something special, yeah, of course, you love drinking, I don't know, Dom Perignon with dinner, then for sure you're going to save money by BYOW. Are you looking to what other restaurants are doing in terms of the food pricing? So when you were talking about the side dishes, the, mm. the rapini being $12, I don't right. know. Right. Sure. That's not a direct quote. No, it's not. Are, are you looking to see what, what other restaurants of your sort are charging for the sides? When yeah. I do all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, We're all, I mean, the upsell, the side order and making the protein come almost a la carte is now acceptable. Right. It wasn't before. Before you got your souvlaki, your salad, your rice, your potatoes. Whereas now we give you a steak and we, on a white plate, would you like a side of broccoli with that? Yeah. And that was, so I think we all do it and we all have to get creative on how we're going to bring in other streams of revenue. And that's definitely one of them. I thought, I was thinking, okay, if I wanted to save money going out, what would I do? I might consider not going out on Saturday night, but maybe going out on a less busy night of the week because maybe the restaurant has a special going on or maybe they're offering half price wine or something yeah, along I mean, those it, lines. In you today's know. world, that following a restaurant you want to go to on social media or going to their social media channels will immediately tell you what nights they have half price wines, what right. nights they're doing free appetizers, what nights there's, I, I can't think of any other, but for sure, 100%. I don't think it's that prevalent in, in the upper echelon of restaurants, like any of the cool restaurants aren't doing any of those things, maybe. I don't know. I, I disagree. Now, when we're talking about eating well, I don't necessarily just mean, you know, white table cloths and French service because that's... I mean, like, were, but like eating healthy and a good meal. Eating a well-prepared right. food. Like, for example, we went to a restaurant called Parallel, which is extremely casual, but the food is very au courant. It's Israeli yep. cuisine, and which yep. is very hot right now. It is. And they were offering half-price wine. On a Sunday? On a Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Right. So you're not going on Saturday night. You're going yep. Sunday night, yep. but you're getting half price wine, and that helps. That helps a lot. Drives business, fills seats. Uh, it's a big industry thing as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of waiters will seek those places out on a, because we're off on Sundays and Mondays. We'll seek those places out to go drink. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We're high functioning, so we want to drink. Exactly. And, and I thought another way to do it is, you know, why not, if you're going to go out, why not go out for brunch? on Saturday or Sunday as opposed to lunch. That can be a cheaper meal, right? You're still going out. You're still getting good food. It is, but the fact of the matter is you get home on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday after work and you're tired and you don't want to... I mean, the idea is you don't want to clean the kitchen, right? right? You don't want to make a mess. So let's go out for dinner. It's fun. It's easy. Fair enough. So that's where I get caught. I get home on... Like, tonight I'll get home or tomorrow and no one wants to do anything. And everybody wants to go out for a burger or for a bite to eat. And there's right. four of us. And I've tried. I cannot do it. I can't do it for under 120 bucks, 150 bucks. Yeah. Pretty hard. Yeah. I don't want to sound like a posh princess, but it's you really- You are a posh princess. Yeah, it's really tough. Nobody would confuse you yeah. with a posh princess, my friend. But you have to be strategic. Let's you get do. the appetizers. Everybody get a burger. I'm not going to drink. And right. then you're, you'll get there. But are you happy? 
Well, I think there's other ways of doing it. Okay, so you're, you're suggesting that. I'm suggesting maybe there's some neighborhoods you would avoid. For example, I think if you're trying to eat on a budget, I would skip Yorkville. Now, there's lots of good restaurants in Yorkville. Yeah, of course. But I'm not going there if I'm trying to save money. Yeah, I mean, you're just staying away from high rent areas. Correct. Right, yeah. right. Because, so because you hit the junction, you hit Leslieville. Because there's a lot of hot restaurant areas. A lot of yep. I, I know your business model in opening up is yep. it's important to you to find a place where there's you know not super expensive rent because then nope. you don't have to pass it on to your your clients. Well, we try and find a neighborhood not uh, you know without super expensive rent and then service the neighborhoods. But yeah, I mean if you're going to go to Osington or you're going to go to Yorkville or you're going to go to King Street, you're paying their. I mean their rents are higher. Right, but if you go to the Junction or you go to Parkdale, yeah, or, you should you, or you should be little, saving yourself a few bucks. I would think so. Hmm? What about taking a walk in your neighborhood, maybe hitting a neighborhood restaurant? You know, Toronto's a walking city. Maybe if you're not going downtown, maybe there's a, a little neighborhood bot. That I think, is we all know our, I think yeah. we, most of us know our neighborhood secrets and we know where to go to get what we want in our neighborhoods. But, you know, I live in, I live midtown. You know, for me, Saturday night is going downtown and it's really hard for me to wrap my head around, hey, maybe I'll just walk to the restaurant. Well, you live in a void. Like there's nothing nah. near you. Well, but there should be. There right? should be, Yes. That's a tough spot. There's not a lot to walk to. I'm thinking Avenue, not Bathurst. Yeah, so, well, Bathurst is a free, yeah. yeah. Bathurst Maybe. is beyond a void where I live, but you know. Unless if you really went to Avenue or one more to Young Street, then you could definitely find a few spots where you could do it. Okay. My last suggestion is ethnic foods because you can get some really well-prepared, excellent food. It could be different. It may not be high-end, but that's it's going to be... Your, that's going to be the biggest segment of this topic, right. marketplace. Like, that's number one. If you want to go out and save money or not spend as much money, for sure, going out for ethnic. And I have I have four ideas I want to run by you. Okay. Let me, let me give you this. So the first one is Peruvian food, which is super exciting, interesting fusion food. Uh, I have a restaurant called Quepacha on St. Clair. It's not going to... You're not going to save a bundle, but the food is delicious and really interesting and you can get stuff like ceviche yep, and well-prepared yep. fish and it's going to be cheaper. I haven't been, but I've read about it. Another one is if you're interested, if you like spicy food, La Hortica. That's which, a family staple for us. Right. Yeah. But, but the food is interesting and different. It's interesting. It's different. It's well-priced. Right. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. And a third one, which is not too far from there, is Udupi Palace, which is South Indian food. So uh, very vegetable-based, extremely spicy, and very casual, but the food is really interesting and fun. I'm going to try it now. Okay, and the last one is Ethiopian food, which I understand, bang for the buck, is the best cuisine in the city, right? Well, you can't beat the price. So right. it's unbelievable what they're right. serving you for that. Like, it's incredible. And now I personally haven't been to this restaurant. I understand that Rendezvous is, is a great place for that. Everyone talks about it. I have not been. I've been to a few others. I, I don't remember their names. It's been a few years, but it's definitely now very popular because probably because of pricing. Maybe that's why we're seeing a resurgence of Indian, Ethiopian, and now the proving is probably just the beginning of what else will come. But they're still providing. I mean, they're trying to break through. Right. Chinese, Italian, that's right. a staple. Like you go out for that every week. Right. So these guys have to break through and kind of come in on a lower margin and rope us in. Exactly. Yeah. And they've done it. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, I'm glad to be here. We'll hear back from you soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles written by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic's available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. 
If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Please join us next week on The Tonic when we'll discuss herbal remedies for anti-aging, holiday entertaining, exercise with arthritis and osteoporosis, and top three underrated fish. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.